Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, your natural dog with Angela Ardolino. And today my guests are Dr. Aaron O'Connor and Louis John Slagle, who is an owner of a small organic farm in Illinois. And the reason that I have them on today is because I want to talk about how important it is to know where your dog's food comes from. Your food also, meaning not just the grocery store you get it from or the store you buy it from, but where, how are they raising their animals? What are the animals eating? And then how do they treat those animals? How do they even slaughter them? Is it humane? What do they do with it? How do they treat that meat or product afterwards? Like to the point of this farm takes their beef and they dry age it, which naturally ferments the beef and kills the E. coli, meaning you don't have to bother with an HPP process where you kill all the good bacteria, which completely defeats the purpose of feeding a raw diet in the first place. So join me on this wonderful conversation with Dr. Aaron and Louie. Hello, Aaron and Louie. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you on because not only do I have you, a doctor and a nutritionist for animals, but we also have a concept, which we all love in the human side of things, which is farm to table, but we now have farm to bowl, which why this is so important is I see so many people who now know better. They know what they're supposed to be feeding their dogs. It should be a, an appropriate, biologically appropriate diet of some sort of real food. But what I see them doing is going to, um, let's say, a Winn-Dixie who has a sale on pork loins and they stock up for, you know, they announce it to everybody, Winn-Dixie's having this sale, go stock up on them. And I'm like, no especially when it's pork, because I just learned about what they do to pork and how dangerous pork is on a factory farm. But what I want this episode to be about is how important it is to know where the food is coming from, how these animals are raised, what they are fed. I don't think a lot of people understand that you're not going to get the nutrients from a factory farm cow. You're not going to get those omegas that what we're so concentrating on making sure what's in the dog's bowl is appropriate and not making sure that the animals that are in that dog's bowl were fed appropriately. So I want to talk about that. I know why it's happening. Why is it so important to you, especially as a doctor, of why is it so important nutritionally for us to pick something where we know where the food came from? Yeah, definitely. And I had always wanted to create a raw food for dogs and cats, but I just was searching for kind of that perfect partnership of where I knew how the animals were raised and just everything, all of the different farming aspects of things. And I was actually introduced to Liz John here 
And I absolutely loved everything that he was doing. And it comes down to the nutrient levels in the food, the quality of the food. And people have reached out to us even after being on our food for a short while saying, wow, my dog was fed raw before, but now feeding your food, they are just so much healthier. Their labs are better than they've ever been. Um, It comes down to quality and how it's raised, what they're eating, all of it. So it's going to be so much different than a factory farmed animal being a small family farm in raising the animals. So talk about a little bit of the difference between a small farm versus a factory or mass production and the things that they have to do to the animals because they've got so many of them you know, together. Yeah, I guess I'll start with just a real quick background. I guess if that's okay. Yeah. Our family is a fifth generation farms, our farmers Amazing. in central Illinois. And we raise hogs, cattle, sheep, goats, chickens, duck, turkey, a little bit of everything. We have our own USDA processing facility. So we're raising the animals, <gasps> raising the feed. So I don't think people understand how important that is to have your own facility. So don't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> There's huge differences in processing that people don't know yep. about at all. But we have our own USDA processing facility. Honestly, we, we raise a lot of product that goes into high-end restaurants in Chicago, white tablecloth restaurants, high-end butcher shops for the customer. Like you talked about, the customers really want to know what they're consuming themselves. And so that's what we, I mean, that's what we've done for years. But as we continue to grow in that market, we've had more and more people say, well, I want that, this quality level of product for my pet. And so it was, it's something we talked about doing for five or 10 years, starting a raw pet food line, simply didn't have the time and the expertise of, you know, honing that in specifically on canines. So when Aaron and I met, it was just a perfect relationship business-wise for, for moving that forward. So she has the expertise on that side of things. And we do all of the, I mean, I was up at three something this morning to catch chickens with two of my boys and two of my <laughs> brothers and my parents. <laughs> I love it. And I, and I don't think people understand where the food is coming from. I, I'm Why I'm so passionate that we're having this conversation is because right now I'm in the process of trying to bring back our treats, our edibles that we put, you know, hemp extract, our full spectrum hemp extract on. I know everything about cannabis and fungi and like six adaptogens. I don't know anything about food or nutrition. I do. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I do know a lot more than the average person, but that's not where my expertise lies. Mm-hmm. And what I don't think people understand is that the majority, you'll have to tell me if you agree with this, the majority of the dog food companies out there have no person on their staff that is a nutritionist that even knows what a dog is supposed to eat. And they're just following AFCO's guidelines, which, of course, we know how awful that is, that we're not going to have a healthy dog if we were to just to follow those because kibble follows those guidelines and kibble certainly isn't good. But I went on a search to find people making treats already that were pure and wonderful and that I could just add my pure and wonderful full spectrum hemp extract on. Took me a really long time, found a couple. And almost got down to signing off, you know, great, we want to do these. And then I asked the question, where do you get your turkey? 
Where do you get your fish? Where do you get whatever? And one of them is a veterinarian and nutritionist. And she had no idea. I mean, I literally cried. I'm literally, why is it so hard? What do you mean you don't know where your turkey came from? If you don't know where, meaning not even sure which farm, I got to look it up. How were they raised? Had no idea. Like it doesn't even matter. Guys, it matters. Tell them why it matters. Yeah, I mean, there's huge variations in the way animals are raised, what they're fed, the genetics, the feed, the background, and the processing, like you said. So, And I also believe in the energetics. Sure. Yeah. You want to eat a happy chicken that was living its best life or a miserable one that was literally in prison and being tortured? Yeah, they'll have higher stress hormones in their body for sure. In that factory yeah. Farm. yeah, so there's huge differences there. And I mean, that is definitely something that sets us apart in the fact that we are farmers and we're, like I said, dealing with the livestock every day, feeding, taking care of them, and not just calling up a meat broker and saying, I need a semi-load of whatever you pork liver you have that's cheapest, whether it's from, you know, some other country or the opposite coast, wherever. I would say most raw pet food businesses at this point are, I would say, mainly sourcing their product based on price is my assumption anyway, not necessarily based on a relationship where they know the product and they know where where it's produced and how it's made. I feel like it's kind of the same. You're going to get a pure full spectrum hemp extract. You're going to get a pure medicine. You're going to get a whatever, a pure food. I mean, I'm sorry, whatever it is, it's going to cost more because we're sourcing the very best organic or raising and they're not. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, that's the whole objective is to make it as cheap as possible. And it's already a high end product in the first place. So, you know, that's why I say if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. Let's talk a little bit about why it's important for you to have your own manufacturing facility under your control versus sending it off to a US, another USDA manufacturing facility. Sure. Yeah, I would say, and if you have thoughts, feel free to chime in. I'm not trying to overtake the conversation, but yeah, this is our our area that I spend a lot of time with. So as a USDA facility, we have our own processing facility that's literally five miles from the farm. And when I say the farm, I'm actually one of 13 siblings. I have six brothers and six sisters, and we have livestock at at least a half dozen different farm sites with my siblings helping raise the livestock. So that does allow us to, I guess, you know, continue to keep up with demand without transforming into a large factory facility is just by having more farm families involved. But anyway, on the USDA side of things, we have a full USDA inspected facility, nice and close to the farm. So the animal's not stressed out during transportation and hauling. You know, they're not put on a semi and hauled for a day or two from one point to another. All of our slaughter is, I guess I would call it just hand done. We're not gassing the animals, anything like that, but we do we do it as humane as possible. So we've got a electric stunning knife, for example, that we'd use on poultry. Our poultry that we use for for all of our pet food, I would venture to say we're probably one of the only, if not the only, raw pet food company that's using air chilled poultry yeah. as an ingredient. Yeah, explain that. What does that mean? So most poultry in the United States is slaughtered immediately once following evisceration and cleaning, is chilled or cooled from a live body temperature down to a meat temperature of 30-some degrees uh, by submersing it in an ice water bath. The unfortunate side of that 
two things. One is you also have bleach or other antimicrobials dumped in that bleach, in that water. And this is whether it's human grade or not. So most chicken and turkey is soaked, essentially just soaked in ice bleach water. And whenever you buy, even if you're buying for yourself, whenever you buy chicken at the grocery store that has a lot of purge or dripping or, you know, people might say juice or blood or whatever in the package. If you actually look at a package of chicken, they almost always have an absorption pad in the bottom of the chicken. And that's to reabsorb some of that purge or water, bleach water that's dripping back out of the poultry. So if you look at a package of chicken, it usually says up to, I think, 8% retained water, sometimes 10%. And that's just water that soaks up while it's chilling in a traditional slaughter facility. We just feel like that's gross and we don't really want to soak our (laughs) chickens in water, especially bleach water. So we build our own poultry slaughter facility and we use an air chill model, which is very common in Europe. It's becoming more common over the last five to eight years in the United States. We see it continuing to become a little more common in, in chicken and maybe in duck as well. But we do chicken, duck, and our turkeys are all air chilled. So as far as I know, we're the only air chilled turkey facility in the United States that I know of. Yeah. And on the turkey side of things, I have found just over the years, turkey tends to be really a not super liked protein by dogs and cats. Turkey is one of our most ordered proteins and people will contact me and say your turkey is so colorful my dog absolutely is going crazy for it I'll get videos of dogs howling for it <laughs> and I it's all the difference of of doing things like air chilling or and raising them right yep. and all- feeding them right because I mean I love you know, the whole confusion of, you know, chicken's a hot protein and turkey, the controversy, whether it's a hot or cool protein. And, you know, we, I remember that whole controversy and getting to the bottom of of it. But one of the conversations or points that were made was, well, let's see, when Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine was coming up with this, the turkeys back then were probably nice and cool proteins because they were out in the wild and living a great life, eating what they were supposed to versus now where they're all, you know, factory farmed and they probably are no longer nutritionists and are giving off some sort of hot or whatever. But yeah, it's funny. I had that same experience because every time I would come across a dog that was, you know, having some sort of reaction to its food, I'm like, well, try a cool protein like turkey. And they'd be like, turkey, he can't have turkey. I'm like, it all matters how that animal was raised and what it was given. What, like, I find, I kind of feel like we have to educate what we should be eating. Now, I don't eat animals at all. So I don't, this isn't on my realm, but I feel like people need to know what they're buying for themselves mm-hmm. and that you can't just go to the grocery store and buy, you know, meat there and think that you're even getting the quality of what you guys provide. Mm-hmm. What do they need to look for? How do you know whether something is factory farm versus being raised humanely on an, a farm like yours on a small farm? Yeah, I guess that is probably the biggest challenge when you're grocery store shopping. I feel like you can't even go to the grocery store anymore. There's good product in the grocery store, but it's mixed right in with everything else and you don't know. And it might be, I would say even in the big company, the big meat brands, you know, there's, they source from thousands of different farms, right? So there might be some product that's great and those raised great in there, but it's mixed right in with other stuff that, you know, might not be. 
So I would just say, in my opinion, is you just need to know your source, know the farmer. That's why I find your comment interesting that somebody that's selling a high-end pet treat doesn't even know what their source is. I guess to me, is a little alarming. It is alarming. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. Let's talk about HPP. And do you do it? Do you not do it? Do you have a your own way of treating your products? We keep everything as natural as possible. So we don't do HPP because basically, if you're going to feed raw food, you want all of those live nutrients that would come in the food. And if you're high pressure processing, you're going to kill all of that off. So you're going to create a biologically dead raw food. So do you scratch your head on a regular basis, <laughs> Dr. Aaron, going, what is happening? Because that's kind of how I felt like it started. And we were lucky enough to have an answers pet food, which is kind of sounds like what's going on here, but even better because you are the owner, you are own the farm and the manufacturing plant which is what made that so special because that's when I learned the difference of, hey, I can have the best product, but the moment I send it off to another facility, it's out of my control. The chemicals used to the clean, the, all of that comes into play because I could never find a replacement after we lost answers. So what's crazy is that <laughs> when that happened, when the whole answers debacle happened, what went with it is no more answers and suddenly HPP was no longer important. Mm. And I'm like, what the heck happened? How did we go from, I remember in 2019 being at a party and Dr. Barbara Royal standing up on a table going, we're going to fight the FDA about the HPP to three years later, everybody's like, it's not a big deal. We don't, it's okay if it's done. And I'm like, what the, yeah. how the, Oh, I see. We work for a different company now. So the message changes with whatever that company does, yeah. which is why I'm really glad that I'm getting it from a doctor <laughs> and saying it that no, HPP still does make a difference. Yeah. The more we modify anything, whether it's a food or a supplement or hemp, the less, yeah, the less that's going to come through and be biologically available to the dog or the cat. It's not going to be used as well by their bodies and it's not going to get the same results. So, so if it's a raw food that is um, high pressure processed HPP, don't bother because they've basically killed the whole reason why you're feeding them that in the first place, right? Yeah, it's basically a biologically dead food. So if somebody, say one of my animal chiropractic clients is feeding an HPP food, I will have them uh, add in probiotics and enzymes because they're not actually getting that in the food that they're feeding if it is HPP. Which is so confusing because I also remember that being an issue back in the day where the people that were feeding the biologically appropriate diet were also 
that an non-HPP raw food were also throwing on the pre and probiotics and the digestive enzymes that they didn't need because they were getting into the food and then we were causing leaky gut. So I did that <laughs> because I was just being told by the company to put this on. Yeah. But this is for an animal that's not already getting it from their food. Right. So I'm glad that you said that. So if you think you're getting a cheaper raw food, you're going to end up having to supplement that food because it's missing those beneficial bacteria. Definitely. And it can make the difference of just the nutrients that are in your dog's bowl. I believe that the bulk of the nutrients that our animals need should be in the food that's in their bowl. You shouldn't have to add a laundry list of supplements on top of that to make it so that your dog can stay healthy, most of those nutrients should be coming from the food and then specific supplementation. What do we need for this specific dog or cat? Because the idea is to not have to supplement that they're getting everything they need from their food. Amazing. How long have you had this food? Have how long have you had the dog food? And what I don't even know what you call it. What is the name of your food? Farm to bowl is the name of it. How brilliant. That'll be easy to remember. I even went on your Facebook and everything. I love all your information that you you guys provide. How long have you guys been doing this? Five years. Five years already. Yeah, we launched we launched in the middle of a polar vortex in Chicago in January 2018. So, <laughs> Well, congratulations. Yeah, that sounds awful. Makes my bones hurt thinking about it, going out at five o'clock in the morning and having to do farm chores. I have a tiny little farm, but I can't imagine. What are some of the huge successes and differences that you're seeing when you get, your, get animals on these types of diets? Yeah, I mean, people will... People won't always expect to see changes on farm to bowl because, oh, I've been feeding raw food for six years or whatever. And I will tell them, you still might see changes because this food is raised differently. It's very fresh. It doesn't have filler or synthetics or chemicals in it. So it's going to be different. And they don't always believe me in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting messages and emails saying, wow, this did make a huge difference. And my dog's eyes look brighter and their skin and coat looks better. And this one thing that wasn't clearing up on their old raw food is now clearing up. So, I mean, it's it's really across the board of people just seeing the quality in the food when they open up a package and then seeing those changes happen in their dogs as well. So we'll commonly get lab sent saying, look at this, my vet was so impressed because this is the first time ever that their kidney levels are within normal range. We get lots of things like that. We have some customers feeding their dogs with cancer, our products as well. And that makes a difference in their ability to heal and even create quality and longevity in cases like that too. So yeah, it's, it's really a lot of people notice night and day type differences. They either have been feeding raw for a while and they want to start feeding farm to bull or they're going through some sort of health issue with their dog and doing all their research on the internet and discovering, wow, maybe I should try feeding raw and see if this could help my dog. And yeah, just the feedback and the reviews I love, that's one of my favorite things is getting the feedback saying, wow, my dog is so much healthier because of this food. So, and you obviously, uh, you know, you're, would you say fifth generation farmers? Yeah. So you've obviously, there's a reason why you do it the way you do. 
What are some of the things that people maybe don't even know that they're being exposed to by not getting farm to table or farm to bowl food? What are they being exposed to? Why? Why? We, like you're telling me that we're going to see a difference. You know, we're going to, they're going to be healthier. But what is it that is causing the most damage? I know. <laughs> We definitely know that these factory farms are terrible for our environment. We know that for sure. So this is a better choice. But health-wise, to the person or the animal that's eating it, what are we avoiding? I'll just use hogs, for example. So we have our pork blend we have labeled as boar, which would be a male, the male hogs. So we're raising, we're raising our hogs in an outdoor environment. So they're breathing, you know, fresh air, outdoor air. We're feeding non-GMO grains and so on. So most hogs are literally just confined in a you know pretty tight living space. So all of those things are going to play into. And isn't there like a growth hormone or something they give pork? They use a lot of continuous antibiotics or paline, which is a growth promotant. Hormones are regularly used in cattle production commercially. Not in ours, obviously, but in a commercial. But hogs aren't usually fed hormones as much as cattle are in a commercial sense. But I would say most cattle in the in the commercial industry, unless they're specifically marketed as hormone-free, you know, and, and the farmer intentionally doesn't use hormones because of their marketing, why well, I would say most beef, unless told otherwise, you just assume that they have additional hormones. And why are they giving them additional hormones? Oh, just to grow faster. So if they if they implant them with hormones and their growth increases a fraction of a percent and they're feeding thousands of head at a time or per year, you know, every every penny counts, I guess, is what their philosophy is. But I mean at our farm our just our philosophy's always been we're gonna focus on quality over quantity. And like I said, we have increased our quantities over the years by having more family members involved and we do work with a couple other neighboring farms as well. But we still have Full control, everything's being, you know, the livestock's being brought into our own facility, whether it is raised by us or a neighbor, and the bulk of it is raised by our family. And what are some of the differences in what you're feeding them? Meaning you're feeding them a biologically appropriate diet, just like we're feeding our dogs a biologically appropriate diet. What's the difference between a diet that a boar or a cow would get on your farm versus on a factory? Sure. So our farm ground is certified organic, so we raise... Certified organic. So they're eating organic also. I wouldn't say fully, you know, 100%, but as we definitely feed a fair amount of organic feed that we're raising. On cattle, for example, we're feeding them organic oats and clover, non-GMO grain, and we're feeding, we're feeding both of those side by side. The hogs, like I said, for example, are mostly non-GMO grains and stuff. Sheep are out in pasture. And cows, who eats grass? Cows, sheep? Goats, yeah, so ruminants, ducks, cattle, sheep, and goats are all ruminants. So that means that they're going to regularly consume whether either grass or or hay. We don't have much grass right now. It hasn't rained for a long time here, unfortunately. So we do definitely we bale a lot of hay, which would be dry grass and forages that we bale year round or not year round. We bale in the summer to feed year round. But once again, we're doing that in house as well. So we're work long hours in the summer. To harvest and every and everything's raw, right? All the food is raw. Yeah, I guess that's what you'd call it. I don't <laughs> think raw in the terms of <laughs> grain, you know, grain and hay. But no, it's definitely not cooked and processed. We're creating our own feed. 
feed right there. Very cool. Locally. So. so Aaron, is this like, uh, this of course is going to be your number one recommended diet because you're personally involved in it. But I guess this is for the, the people that are feeding the raw that are maybe not getting the results that they got maybe from an answers or from something like that. This sounds like the perfect thing for them to try. How the heck do they get it? Where do they get it? And do they, can they like consult with you? How do they know which diet? Like, especially if it's a dog maybe suffering from an autoimmune disease or cancer or something like that. Yeah. So we have a few different options and how we started out uh, was Chicagoland pickup. So we still are doing that to this day. He just drove up the truck to my office today for a pickup. So uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, you can totally get on a pickup location and get our food that way. We also began nationwide FedEx shipping, except for Alaska and awesome. Hawaii. But you can order our food through our website and choose FedEx and get it straight to your doorstep. And we've also partnered up with Oberweiss. And if you're in the Midwest, you've probably heard of Oberweiss. They are known for their ice cream shops. But they also have a home delivery catalog and they partner with a lot of local farmers. And oh, awesome. so we are the only pet food that they are offering on their home delivery catalog. So if you are an Oberweiss customer, you can get it put on your doorstep in a nice little cooler and everything. So very cool. And then I just want to bring up one more little thing. And that is you told me an awesome story about a patient who's dog insurance covered their CBD treatment. Yeah. And I just want to let you know, you made my day when you shared that information with me because I was like, oh, is there change? Is there people are recognizing this finally as a medicine? So those of you that are listening, this is medicine. Full spectrum hemp extract is a medicine. And there are, do you remember what the insurance, which insurance company it is? I don't. I can find out for you. But yeah, it really depends on the insurance and the plan that they chose and things like that. But since I had recommended that they use the product, uh, the insurance was able to cover it for the dog. That That is Amazing. So tell people where they can get in touch with you so that they can order your food because we didn't tell them that. Is it farmdebowl.com? It's farm dash the number two dash bowl.com. That's our website. Awesome. You can find us on Facebook too, farm to bowl. And then what if they want to see you? If they want to see me, <laughs> I have, we're actually in my office where I provide animal chiropractic care. So we have a facility that provides animal chiropractic, canine massage, animal Reiki. So that's where we're at filming this today. And then I do also offer nutritional consults. So that you could just go to kind of my main hub of things, which is DrAaronOConnor.com, and that will lead you to, to everything. So even if you get lost finding the Farm to Bull website, it's all linked up there. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for what the both of you do. It's really nice to to watch people taking the time and energy to do things right. And I really appreciate that. And thank you for coming on my show today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com.
Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi. 